Hey there, thoughtful listener. What is your number one lead generation blocker? Head to upmyinfluence.com slash quiz to find out right now. That's upmyinfluence.com slash quiz, and I'll share why you aren't getting the intros and sales you deserve. We're also actively seeking guests for this daily commercial-free entrepreneur wisdom podcast. Agency owners, consultants, coaches, and B2B service providers, head to upmyinfluence.com slash guest, and I'd love to promote your expertise to our amazing audience. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Alex Bruner. Alex, you are the founder of Intellitonic. You are found on the web at Intellitonic.com. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Josh, and I appreciate you getting the name right on the first try. I saw that you had a little bit of practice uh, a couple of weeks ago with Inte- Intellifluence, I think. So you, you've been seasoned for uh, another oh, yeah. Intellibrand. <laughs> How do I say it? How do I say it? How do I say it? Okay, got to get it right. So that was the hardest part of my job. Uh, now it's your turn. Uh, go ahead and explain high level overview what Intellitonic does. Yeah, so we're a digital marketing agency with a, a very particular focus on Google products, um, search engine optimization, uh, pay-per-click advertising, display network, managing those for, for other brands. Um, I'd say about 50% of our clients are our direct clients. And then another 50% are more of a B2B thing where we have our products resold by large publishers or marketing agencies that are about 10 times our size. Um, so focus on Google, but I mentioned this when we had our preamble here that a lot of what we're doing is also now on the Amazon side of things. There's a, a big push for us to get our clients more recognition on Amazon. Yeah. Well, okay. So um, you've been in the Google world for quite a while at this point. Um, and so how have you seen working with Google, particularly in and around SEO? How have, thing, have things evolved at all? Is it pretty much just the same old basic principles? Or, you know, it, you know what I'm really curious about, of course, you know, if I'm a business owner and, you know, I, I'm looking for, you know, the latest best practices, you know, where, where should my focus be? Yeah, that's a really great question. And, and it has evolved a lot in the last 20 years. Um, I'd, I'd say that some of the core concepts are still the same. same. You still want to be uh, focusing on the content and messaging of what you're putting out on your website. Um, that's going to be very important. It has been since the inception of search engines. Um, there's still a focus, in, in my opinion, and in many SEOs uh, on hyperlinks from other websites that pass authority from the other domain to that of yours or your clients. Um, I, the, the caveat there is that you must be networking in such a capacity that it's not overtly spammy and not just buying things from people to get recognition. So there's a focus on content. There's a focus on authority being passed from other websites to your own. Like me appearing on your podcast here could help my brand in the long run by by passing domain authority from your website to my own. And then finally, I'd say that the biggest trend where things have changed quite a bit is the last several years, Google has made a lot of efforts to both be more open about its anti-spam tactics and what things people should be doing. There's more of a primer and more of a codex on what should be done for proper SEO and not as much guest work. And then on the algorithm side, they've, they've started putting in more focus on mobile responsiveness, site speed optimization, and technical things that are less gameable. So we're being held to a better standard than we were, say, 20 years ago. My job is a lot easier now than it was then because I, I, there's a lot less BS to read through and figure out what I need to be doing to help the clients. 
Yeah, yeah. So who do you typically, what types of companies do you end up working with? What are they doing? Um, does it run the gamut? And and and, and separately, I'll ask you about, um, you know, kind of you've got obviously your own internal clients, but uh, I'm really curious to talk about how you partner, why you partner and so forth. But let's mm-hmm. kind of start with, you know, use cases that you're, you're typically have folks coming in. Yeah. So it has run range of the gamut in that we we are technically a startup. We're in our sixth year. You know, we, we started small. We, we did a kind of a bootstrap model, uh, very small investment to start us up. And it's all owned by the same three founders. Um, so to that end, we, we started off with clients who were very local and had, had local brands and have worked our way up to more regional and some national clients. Um, so the size and scale of the client varies greatly. We've we, we've also had very little attrition. So I have some mom and pops that I've been working with since day one, and then I have uh, some newer folks that are you know paying us a couple couple hundred grand a year, and, and, you know by comparison. So for, for size and scale, it's a big variety. For the types of clients that we work with, again, there's variety there because a lot of my resellers are are major publishers, they're major newspapers, um, they're, they're they're TV stations, and what they've done to diversify their holdings is they've started offering digital services in addition to their traditional marketing. Uh, and we we step in and handle that for them. So I, I, you basically, my clients could be anybody at your local newspaper who's advertising in the paper. Instead of just buying paper ads now or putting on the display on their website, they're using Intellitonic surface, uh, services in a white label capacity. Um, but we do a lot with builders. There's, there's a lot of builders that we work with. We work quite a bit in the medical realm. And more recently, there's been a push internally on our end to work uh, more with local municipalities and tourism organizations. Because mm. if we get into mm-hmm. tourism, we can often be part of subsidy that will help us service clients who would otherwise be overlooked. And in, in doing that, we're able to raise the, the kind of the, the over digital p- footprint of an entire municipality, which is great. Yeah. Um, well, that, that's interesting that, you know, thinking about municipalities that are very interested in SEO, um, how do they, um, what are those conversations like? Like when, when they sit down and they're talking about their goals, um, what do you hear a lot of? They're, they're very often aligned with what we do, but those mm-hmm. folks, and those folks know their game. Tourism people like who work with, like, say, a local municipality or county who are out on the tourism board or are employed by them yep. generally have more information than most clients that I work with outside in the, in the more for-profit world. They, they, know, they know what they need to do. The problem is they're understaffed and they're overutilized. So they, they need people who can take their vision and their understanding and all the research they've been provided and synthesize that into a plan for how they can act. One of the things I'm most interested in right now, there's often in, in municipalities and in tourism organizations, um, quite a bit of money that derived from hotel tax. Um, and mm-hmm. that often will go into things like say physical, physical uh, landmarks so that people can use like signage, right? They'll spend millions on signage in a given year. <laughs> But what they could be doing is taking even half of that money and putting it into digital means like basic local SEO for the brands that they're representing on those signs. Uh, and, and they'd have a lot more trackable, uh, valuable um, marketing that you could make use of that you could prove the value of. And we're, we're trying to get to some of that. I'll say one more thing on that. We do work with a lot of nonprofits as well. That's been baked into our DNA since the inception of the company. Uh, each of my founding partners and I serve on at least one nonprofit board. I myself serve on a Northwest Youth Services, which is a career services and local youth shelter. Um, and so we, we do a lot of pro bono work for nonprofits. Um, so we have, you know, I'd say a third of our clients are nonprofits. And specifically there, we work with them on a product called Google Ad Grant. Google ad grant is up to $10,000 a month in free money from, from Google to be spent on Google ads uh, for 501c3s. And it's just this huge force multiplier for local nonprofits or smaller organizations that otherwise wouldn't have a digital presence. Yeah, I, I've heard about that. Um, for someone whose ears just perked up, 
<laughs> Can you tell us any more about how that works? Why Google does it? You know, what what is the process if someone's like, ooh, ooh, uh, um, uh, we would love attention for our nonprofit. Yeah. So there are a couple of stipulations as to how it works. I, I, I'm you know, I'll have to go off the cuff. Here. I, I believe, I, and I know that you're not the rep for yeah. Google. So, yeah. <laughs> to the best why of your knowledge, yeah. uh, yes. Why they do it, I'd have to imagine it has some sort of tax implications and a write-off. There's prob- probably something there if they're donating away that kind of money in kind. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the way it can be used, it can be used for 501c3s that are not uh, directly higher education institutions. Uh, or are not hospitals. And I believe there could be some uh, prohibition if it's a religious institution. But other than that, anybody who's 501c3 has their EIN. You apply through a, a Google portal that has you do a validation through TechSoup. And then you build out a Google ads account, just like you're a business. But instead of paying you know, your hard-earned money, you're getting $10,000 a month in, 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 in free credit. Now, there are some specific uh, areas that you have to maintain in quality of the advertisements, or you can have your grant turned off. But again, once you've gotten a couple accounts underneath you, they're very easy to maintain. Yeah. $120,000 a year for a nonprofit whose marketing budget previously may have been $1,000 is a a huge thing. Yeah. No kidding. Well, thank you, Google. Um, In terms of paid ads, which I know that that's a big part of of what you do, um, are are there... um, Obviously, there there's some companies that that you're looking at that that absolutely like if they're deciding how to spend their ad budget. I mean, no question about it. I mean, it's you you need to be playing in Google. Uh, are there are there some ways of knowing what type of industry or you know company would you know that's going to be a major part of what they do? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of your listeners and the folks that I've seen you interview B to B to C or B to B rather. B2B is often not as valuable to do in, in Google ads. And you might be better suited to be doing like more networking or maybe some LinkedIn advertising that's very targeted. Um, so, so, so a lot more of the B2B side, they can still perform in Google and we'll still test it. We'll, we'll discern what their cost per conversion is with that within the first month. But it may be a lesser budget than would say somebody who's selling widget X, you know, like trying to sell a blender or something. They're, they're probably going to perform slightly better in Google and less so on the social media platforms. So each, each of our clients, as we bring them on, we go through a pretty thorough due diligence set of meetings with them to, to discern their, their demo, who they're trying to reach, and, and what platform has the best support for that. Um, you'd yeah. be surprised, though. I have, you know, this is a wild client to throw out there, but I just love it as an example. We have a client who sells owl pellets, the type of thing that you used to dissect when you were in middle school. That's their whole business model. They supply universities, they supply schools with them, and they killed it on Google Ads. And it was not <laughs> something that we would, you know, because again, mostly teachers looking to buy things for their, their class. What kind of pellets? Owl pellets. It's a, again, this is great content for a, owl for a podcast. Yeah, it's it's a it's owl regurgitate, and you 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 cut it open, and you can look out and find the different animals that the owl has been eating. You didn't do that in middle school? No, no, oh, we had cow out. eyeballs yeah. and like hearts and you know animal organs. I like That's, that one though because we've you know we've worked with the NFL, we've worked frogs, with uh, Pirates yeah. Booty, we've worked with a number of large companies, but then we also have our owl pellet company. <laughs> very, very cool. Um, so tell me about uh, the company you're, you know, you're um, in Teletonic itself. Uh, and, and what I'm curious about is if someone is shopping around and like, you know, yeah, we really could use, uh, you know, an SEO partner, PPC partner. Um, what differentiates you versus, you know, hundreds of thousands of other SEO and PPC companies or agencies out there? 
Yeah, and this is this is going to sound a little self-aggrandizing, I think, but I'm just going to go with it. Sure, I, I believe that. I asked you the question. Yeah, from, we, from it's a from, perfect tee up from from within the organization has been grown very thoughtfully uh, with massive consideration on supporting our staff and building a team that trusts each other. Um, one of the biggest problems in working an agency, and I've been a part of two other startups and and, and, and three massive agencies. One of the biggest problems I see happens at the account management level when clients are interfacing with the account management and that account management position becomes a revolving desk. Every three months, the client comes in to get their reporting call and there's a new account manager and, and, and that, that breaks the cadence of the relationship up with the business and the client and ends up with attrition. You end up losing the client. And Teletonic has been incredibly deliberate in hiring, bringing in people who want to be here, who are in the right seat, um, who are paid uh, in a manner that is going to keep them here. Um, and, and, and often at our own sacrifice, you know, I haven't taken a pay raise since we started the business. So we, we're, uh, we're, we're doing, we're, we're building from the, from the ground up as it were. And that, that has helped our clients retain confidence in us because they haven't lost their points of contact. Um, and it sounds like a really simple thing to do, but you know, if, if you've been a part of a business in the past, it's, it can be difficult to retain all the people on your team and, and prove that you're, you're a stable environment. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to ask you about this. Um, and so obviously, again, you've got your direct clients and it sounds like that you're either doing a lot of strategic partnering, alliances, uh, white label work. Um, how did you get into that? And, um, it, you know, for other agencies that are out there uh, that are just trying to do everything themselves, their own client attraction, they're just kind of operating a silo. Um, they see a lot of other folks out there as just competition. Um, go go ahead and uh, breathe some wisdom in their direction if you shall. I am sorry. I'm I'm completely no. opining there. Uh, I'm a huge fan of partnering, uh, but I'll let you take it away. Yeah. It, again, it's kind of like, this is another corny thing to say. It's kind of like the field of dreams model. You know, if, if you build it, they will come type thing. I, I have been very careful in my professional life to, to not burn bridges and people who I've worked with at past agencies will often move on to bigger, better positions. When that happens, they remember that they were treated with respect by somebody on their own team. And Intellitonic is brought into the fold because I am the head of Intellitonic and they remember their positive, their positive relationship with me at that. It started with that, with our first major publisher. And then from there, we, we, we get a whole new mar market full of folks who are going to be our biggest evangelists when they move to other companies or, or take on other departments and we get brought into that. So it's really been, we have, we have very little time that we have to spend on sales because it's such a referral-based business and it is such a business based on trust. It's kind of like you talk to a mechanic and like they'll have four cars in their own front yard. You know, like we, we, we don't do our own advertising that much because it's almost all word of mouth that is filling our coffers. Um, and I'd like to advance that. I, I would like to start doing a little bit more advertising on my own, but mostly we do it for proof of concept. So when people come to our website, they see that we can do the work. We're not doing it because it's filling our funnel. You know, the, the work for ourselves, again, is largely referral. People trust us and they tell their friends about us. Yeah. Um, and, and Alex, um, for someone that's uh, listening um, and they don't know if, if they should be investing into SEO or not, what are some indicators that might let us know, you know, I think we haven't been prioritizing this in a way that we probably should. Or like, are there some things we can look at, uh, you know, just in terms of, you know, whether that's lead gen or you know, client acquisition, you know, conversion, that sort of thing. Um, like, are there any, I don't know, just any, yeah. any little simple gut checks of things that we can do to say, I need to get on the phone right now with Alex and his team. 
Yeah, I think the, the easiest one for folks who, who probably haven't given it a huge amount of thought would be just to think about the last time they discussed what marketing does for them. Not just digital marketing. What is your marketing done for you? What is your sales funnel populated by? How, how are you producing leads? Um, and if you don't have a component involved in that, that uses some form of analytics or tracking, you're missing out on the biggest advantage of digital marketing. You know, in, in the traditional world, we often struggle to prove KPIs and, and, and metrics because it's harder, to, it's harder to measure when somebody drives by a sign. But, uh, but in our world, if you're, if you're doing even the basic tenets of digital marketing, you can be looking at Google Analytics, you can be looking at your keyword rankings, you can be looking at cost per clicks and cost per conversions. There's a whole ton of data that can be used not only to support your digital efforts, you can also use some of the insights that you'll glean, say, from LinkedIn to populate what you're going to do in your brick and mortar sales plan. When you run ads on LinkedIn, the feedback that you get from the platform as to who saw the ads and who clicked them can tell you job titles, it can tell you industries, it can even tell you specific companies who've been to your, your ad. And that could tell you what, who you should have your sales team calling up right then. Um, so I, I'd say if you're not looking at some form of reporting routinely, it's probably time to call somebody to get a consult, consultation. Yeah. Um, so your website, Intellitonic.com, if, if you're confused, our friend that's listening to our conversation, confused by how that's spelled, just click on the little uh, information button, the little show notes, whatever, click around. We've got a direct link there. Um, but Alex, when somebody goes to your website, uh, what would you recommend that they do? Like if they're like, okay, I'm curious uh, and they want to learn more and they want to kind of begin that kind of that next step in the relationship with you. Yeah. You know, when I, when I've used partners like Intellitonic in the past, when I was running different businesses, the way I like to do it is I would take them up on their, their kind of introductory offer. So use the contact form and set up some sort of consult to get on the call. Uh, when we do that for clients, we'll do about an hour meeting where we've done uh, considerable amounts of research before getting on the call that to have KPIs in mind for them and give them some insights into like what I just mentioned, their, how their analytics are performing, what they're doing well. Um, we'll provide that uh, free. Like it's, it's like a free consult. So take us up on that. Go to our, go to our, go to our contact page and fill out that form. Uh, but, but, but my secondary thing that I'll do when I'm trying to really make a big conscious decision is I'll read the blogs that that agency is producing because knowing how agencies work, it takes a considerable amount of effort to pull your attention away from your client's work to start publishing on your own site. Um, and so when something goes up there, it's usually something that's important to someone. So you can get a lot from folks on their blogs. Um, even though, again, it sounds boring, like reading, reading a, a business's blog, you can get a lot because they're, they're, they're deliberately putting out there what, that's, that's what it says there. Yeah. Alex Bruner, you're the founder of Intellitonic, uh, your website, Intellitonic.com. Alex, I really appreciate our conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. And thanks for having us, Josh. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, 
seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.